Well, that music, getting, you know, having this music handed to me was, it might even be the best piece of music I've ever been given. So I would be given these wonderful and themed tracks and then just, I was able to do whatever I wanted with them with these, you know, charismatic, genius, beautiful artists. The views expressed on this recording are solely those of the artists, and by no means do we encourage or condone violence against law officials. Uh, it's for you. It's for you. That's the official intro. Nice. Welcome to Blue Cheese. I'm Ebony L. Haynes. This is episode 17. And I'm here with the fucking iconic. She's going to blush because I don't think she understands how many notes I took on everything she did for a very long time. Ms. with a Z, Diane Martell. We need an we need a we need a sound card. Thank you. I want to know where the notes are now. Oh, I had some spiral notebooks with vibe things cut out. You know, I made like collage books, and when I remember, like there was this very high point in my admiring women in hip hop, where Julian Escobedo was the editor of Vibe, and you were making like the most iconic videos for me in a moment, and I was like, I can do this. So I had like editor's notes cut out of Julian Escobedo and. Mm. VHS tapes recorded of Diane Martell. So for anyone listening, I'm just probably going to be gushing the whole time and Diane will chime in with stories. But music videos were everything for many people who loved music. And for me in the 90s, there was a period when they started listing directors' names on the screen. And there was only one woman for hip-hop videos. Um, and I remember seeing it the first time and was blown away. I was like, this can't be, that can't be a thing. And I just like, I just didn't even know how to get to know more about you. Like I didn't have the internet. I don't think that was a thing. I just, it was so impactful in a way that made me feel like I could do something cool. That makes me so happy to hear. It's really true. Um, there was also Millicent Shelton, another female director. So there are two of us. Uh, hip hop? Yeah. What, I mean, we Some can- Some salt and pepper. Salt and pepper. Maybe Big Daddy Kane. Now um, she directs TV. I think she directed a feature. It's I feel like I have good songwriter intuit like uh, abilities. Abil it sounds very boastful to say that because I've never written a song. Oh, I've heard that you have an album coming out this year. <laughs> as a matter of fact, Taryn, cut that. That's secret information. <laughs> <laughs> what I'd like to talk about. I know you're here to talk about me, Diane Martell, the legendary music video director. But I really like to talk about your album that you have coming out. <laughs> My album features Drake. Nice. And Kanye. Nice. And Amory. That's an interesting Mona Lisa. Choice. Yeah, Mona Lisa. I did a Mona Lisa video. I know. Mona Lisa's You Said, though, the single You Said, mm. um, was major for me. I'll never forget that song. What, what memories does that song bring? It brings um, somebody who I felt looked like me on TV and was sort of like a B-list singer. You know, Mona Lisa wasn't on top of the pops mm -hmm. or whatever that was called back then. 
but collaborated with also not the top of the pops like was really interesting production partnerships features it wasn't like superstardom mm-hmm. but sounded so good i thought mm-hmm. i think it, she's like un, like an undersung r&b hero mm. she's very sweet very very like an adorable what is she doing now i wonder i don't think this is a good topic <laughs> either why it's just a question <laughs> why isn't it a good topic? what if she's not doing well and she feels very tragic about her the lack of support she had from her record company at the time I mean, we all feel tragic. No, we don't all feel tragic. I mean, but I'm paying homage to her. I'm. I mean, I'm. I wonder where she is now. I wonder where she is now means like I'm a fan. I don't need her to answer. I'm not asking her to call in. I wish we but had. If a she call. hears this, it, what? If she hears this, you know what I hope she feels. I can't, I'm so happy that somebody remembers me so fondly, whether she's doing something musically now or not. It had an impact. I had a Mona Lisa. Here's here's the impact for Mona Lisa who's listening, okay? Here's how impactful she was. Just like you following my, me on Instagram, mm-hmm. I had a Mona Lisa test pressing for You Said, and then I got a second 12-inch. I had two You Said Mona Lisa vinyls. Do you think that's the that wasn't the big club banger? I you think know? you're a true, true fan, but I do not like when people say, I wonder where they are now, when they were in the music business so they weren't supported well. Fair, but I... That's just me. That's just me. Yeah, you have a bit more insight into it. I also um, have a really bad... Anyways, we we know how not supportive the music industry is, which is why I didn't go down that route, even though I thought I was going to for a long time. And We go down the road of, route of being in, being the, music in the music industry. What did you want to do in the music industry? I wanted to be A&R. A&R. Really? Yeah, when A&R was really a real thing. Mm-hmm. And... I started on a street team. I was like wheat pasting. What record company? It was Universal. That's not necessarily where I thought I wanted to end up, but I just didn't care. I just wanted to do something A&R. I feel like A&Rs are like the curators of the music world. But there aren't so many good ones anymore. That's why it's, that's what I mean back, like back then. Like working like A&R for Jive. Oh yeah. Dream job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would have been my dream back job then, yeah. back then. You know, I've been seeing a lot of, I follow Keith Murray, and I did a video for him. I know. The most the beautiful most thing, thing in this world. And I, I'm following him, and he's performing still as an adult. And he was such a wonderful, wild character. I have a really good Keith Murray story. Can we hear it? Yes. Okay, great. Okay. So <laughs> when I used to make videos in the 90s, a lot of the artists I worked with were really, you know, got high all day and night. And sometimes would be very late for shoots, um, or they would get up early and have us drive them to go get weed somewhere that was very far away, and no one was awake to sell us the weed, and we were very late. But with Keith Murray, everybody was worried that he wasn't going to show up. <laughs> this is really funny. <laughs> so I told him I had a room in my house called the Rapper Room, where rappers stay the night before the videos. And he's very young then, so he came to my house with his backpack packed up and went in the extra guest room oh and slept gosh. there. So I woke him up, you know, at 6 a.m. and he was on time. <laughs> That's a great story. Did you use that from other rappers? You must no, have. No, no one else. No, that just we had to use that. Oh, Keith, if you're listening, I love you so much and you are a part of my favorite work that I've ever done and you're so talented. You're just a good writer. Um... No, no one else had to, that was just my second bedroom. 
Do you still have a rapper room? I mean, no, no more. That was just needed. a one time. That was a one <laughs> but time. But if I needed to be in a rapper room in your house, no, would you would be, be in an art room. Oh, okay. I'd like to be in the A&R room. Going right in the art room. Well, we're going to, um, we've already started, but I'm going to officially start. The interesting starting point of this pod for everyone listening is I ask my guests um, just to kind of loosely think of a song either they are listening to regularly or it's a regular go-to song. And this is Diane Martell's pick. Donnie Hathaway. Donnie Hathaway. Jealous guy. Donnie Hathaway, period. 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 Layla Hathaway. Layla Hathaway, period. You know what makes I think about when I hear Donnie Hathaway, which maybe isn't everybody's favorite. People are going to be squirmy when I say this. I always think about Justin Timberlake when I hear Donnie Hathaway because I was so shocked that he was such a fan. Mm. Um. Justin w- might have heard about Donnie from Pharrell because Pharrell is the biggest fan. That's very possible. And Pharrell and I used to listen to Donnie and just he would make all kinds of sounds. Justin, you're a thief. You're a culture vulture. No, I'm just kidding. You're not. Because Justin's first solo album was is probably one of my top ten albums of all time. Produced by Pharrell. Timberland and Pharrell. And, Pharrell. and I was in those. Pharrell. I was in a lot of those sessions. Um, because you directed this video. I'm looking at you. Because what half the songs that Pharrell gave Justin were written for Michael Jackson originally. Oh, really? Yeah, so yeah. if you listen to it again, you can hear that. Well, this album was pretty epic because I don't think anyone, well, I didn't expect it to be so great. I also owned this on vinyl. Justin, like, that was just for me to listen in my home. I never played this I out. I have a DVD. So good. It's such a good album. Yeah, it's very exciting. Except I don't know about this beanie he's wearing in the video. Let's not talk about. <laughs> let's not talk about many of the things in my. It's videos. so good. Is it not fun to talk about those years? Sometimes it's fun. Yeah, it depends on the mood, what mood I'm in. You know, if I'm thinking about making some new work, I completely divorce myself from. I don't even remember that I did this kind of work. Yeah. You know, I don't remember twenty years of work when I'm making something new. That's fair. I mean. Also, for everyone listening, I'm just using this as a selfish moment to talk about the intro that I had to Diane. But career has been going and is still ongoing, to your point. I mean, it's like, it's sort of like when I work with visual artists, you know, like they um, hate the idea of somebody 
talking about work that was in a show even five years ago. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, tell me about this painting. And they're like, oh, I don't know. I made it when I was in school. Or, oh, I don't know. I made it in my first show and I'm doing something different. Like, they don't, they feel uncomfortable to talk about. It's the beanie I don't want to talk about. <laughs> but, like, I really, I like talking about some of my very first work a um, lot. Like, Method I, Man Bring I Pain. I was just going to, s- I literally have this up right here. It's playing right now. This, this song, do you know that I got a white contact lens for my eye because of this music video? I love you so much. That is not a joke. I just got chills. Do you know what this music video was for me? I also got a vest that looked just like his, I mean, he was, I mean, um, I, I never wore the white contact lens out. I was a total poser because I was too afraid. I knew that I was also really young, but like, how old? I can't divulge that on spot on a sp- podcast. Um, I think you should wear that this week at work. I should. If you wear one of those, I'll come visit because I need to see the new show, and I will wear one. This video is everything for me. This is so crazy. Well, that music, getting, you know, having this music handed to me was, it might be the best piece of music I've ever been given. So I would be given these wonderful and themed tracks, and then just. I was able to do whatever I wanted with them with these you know charismatic genius beautiful artists so this was the first time I worked with Method Man I actually worked with him 10 times in 10 different projects music videos but um, I really tried to make this video feel like the beat and I think it kind of does I'm really happy with the outcome <laughs> do you want to know a secret I'll, th- I'll throw it you know we're diving in deep for you I'll give you a really embarrassing truth about me i <laughs> i had such a crush on justin timberlake that when he was in toronto for his first tour i did everything i could to try and make sure he would come i worked in the only vinyl record store in toronto mm. it and listen torontonians i know it wasn't the fucking only one but it was it was the largest pop one. There were really there were niche dusty finger ones, sure, but I worked in like the kind of main record store. And I tried to to figure out a way to get him in there <laughs> <laughs> through some mutual friends and every time there was a tentative like a possibility that he would show up, I would have his album on <laughs> on this one particular song. What song? <laughs> I'm going to cue it up right now oh my god this is so embarrassing i like I that song let's get away is it called oh yeah that's a great let's take a ride oh let's take a ride on the country um thank you very much we <laughs> thank you no problem better than me um huh. okay the song i'm gonna just play it and not tell you this is so embarrassing if you guys understand the efforts that i went through to try and get him. i love this story See, I'm learning things about you. I've only seen Ebony a few times in person. We talk on the phone a lot. But I, I went to see her talk at the Brooklyn Museum. I went to her opening for the genius Candace Williams show. And this is actually the third time I think we've seen each other in, in real life. I think you're right. You just get me un- into fucking podcasts. <laughs> we don't even have lunch or anything. Just no, I'm just like, come on over. It's time. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god. Why did I. I was like a. 
fucking idiot who was like, oh my god, Justin Timberlake's gonna come and I'm gonna be playing this song. This was a overtly daydreamy, like, yeah, I don't remember the character. Did you even hear Michael Jackson? Yes. I was like, oh, you meet me at my store, Justin? What's up? Congrats on your first solo. Oh yeah, do you want to come into the back? I ha- sure, I have some breaks from the samples on this album. Do you want to see? I've been collecting them. Like, what was I thinking, you know? Anyways. You know, dreams and wishes do come true. So more, more music history. <laughs> so Pharrell had written a lot of these songs for Michael. And um, they had met quite a bit. And somehow it didn't work out. So, you know, he... Um, you know, use, is using them now at this time for Justin, and Pharrell really directs uh, singers, you know, in a very particular way, to sing in a way that he he hears. So he would he wanted Justin to sound shy. So shy is kind of the way Michael sings, the little bit of shyness, or, and you know, this is really direct. These are really directed vocal performances oh, by the master. It does. It is. It is Michael-esque in a good way, though. Yeah. No. No. In a great way. But yeah. I'm just. I'm just saying that Pharrell is so wonderful, at the way he, you know, works with each singer to like find part of their voice that he finds works with their music and uh, character for them. And Obviously. this was the. This was like. I mean, I. I really think this album. I don't think it was underrated. It was pretty rated at the time, but. I think it was an interesting moment for hip-hop lovers specifically i mean timberland pharrell Mm -hmm. the sound of this album Mm -hmm. the fact that it was like a white boy from a boy a boy band Mm -hmm. that sounded very different Mm -hmm. it hit all of the notes and was successful like they did a very very good job Mm -hmm. it was a very well packaged album and singer and music videos like everything was such a hit well, he was so thrilled. He was genuinely thrilled to be doing this music. Mm. So I think that also helped the feeling, the mm. excitement people felt. You know, he was really felt, you know, newly born. Do you guys remember that Justin Timberlake basically did the McDonald's yes. commercial soundtrack? I think Pharrell did the track. Was it I Like It? What did, what, oh, do you have wait. it here? I have everything. Ebony's got a, quite a playlist drawn up. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. This is also a great song and video. I'm loving it. Don't you love it too? It's such a good song. Here it comes. Hi. I'm not here to waste your time. Yo, this song is like Justin's fucking fire. This song's fire. I wonder, I don't actually don't know if this song came before McDonald's or did he make it for that and it turned into a song? Well, you know, this one, I don't know. I don't I can't know. Help Every, you. We have to, maybe we should look it we'll up. We'll look it up. Taryn right, will yeah, look it up while look we're, up. yeah, Taryn will look it up so while much. we are talking. This is an important fact. <laughs> it is. I'm not it sure. Is. Because the music video actually looked like a McDonald's video. McDonald's commercial? McDonald's commercial, yeah. He wrote it for the commercial. He wrote it for the commercial. That makes sense then. But it's a great track. Also, do you eat McDonald's? I do. I just had Shake Shack today. I'm, you know, this is interesting. I'm playing also a Diane Martell video in the background. Everyone, 
What are you playing? Um, Dream Lover. Come on now. <laughs> Yo, this is fucking, you know, I just, I think I'm wishing that you understood the impact that this had on so many people, including myself. I know it's embarrassing. I have so You're many doing good a lot stories of things. about this video that I'm not going to This tell. is major. I, store. I could write so many books, but I've signed so many, so many, uh, what is it called? NDAs. NDAs. I could write books and make a lot of money. You don't have to worry about breaking any kind of NDAs. This this video had um, a miniature pony in it. <laughs> Did it also had um, very attractive black men doing? Didn't they? Weren't they like kind of line dancing in the country? Those are my friends um, that I had. I made a documentary for live from off center about this beautiful group of dancers in 1991. Is that the voguing? No, this yeah. is about the, the the main group is called Mop Top. But mm. after we did the documentary, I would I wanted to just get them any jobs and work together and have fun and get them, you know, in the industry. So they were all in the Mariah Carey video. That was in 1991, the documentary. Mhm. Mm but you did something a, a voguing doc too. Didn't Before you? that, I did a piece with I co-directed with this really great director Jeff Price, a piece on house dancing and voguing, and it was the same time as Jenny Livingston was shooting Paris Is Burning, and she used to call me, and she was very unhappy that I was in the same spaces. But um, that that world was really incredible, very beautiful, church church like. Um, you know, at the time. But, you know, in the early 90s, it was still very dangerous for kids at the pier. You know, they'd often be assaulted and a few people were murdered. And, um, you know, they definitely weren't welcome by the general public in, you know, in, in the city. So when they would have balls and all be together, it was like a church, you know, like a beautiful church mm -hmm. of um, feeling, you know, them feeling comfortable to express themselves fully. And I was very, very lucky also to be allowed into that space to film and you know, I made friends with everybody, and they were lovely. Do you feel like it must? It kind of feels like you've been led into a lot of worlds. Well, I'm kind of right? part like of me is a, docu of, I'm yeah, a documentary. I'm a documentary filmmaker. Absolutely. So, yeah. You know, so you know, it's it's um, I come with such love to the subjects usually that I you know love and curiosity and connection. Mm -hmm. uh, I was a dancer a long time ago, and um, yeah, it's you know if if you do that kind of work and you feel it and people trust you and they. They, you know, people sometimes like to be filmed and like to be like to have their cultures recorded, and mm -hmm. you know, they they like to see that I see how beautiful they are. You know, it's it's a fun thing, you know, to meet a filmmaker, to meet a community of people, and to feel the need to, you know, um, document mm -hmm. and make something safe and and um, that really tells a story at a, at a given time. I mean, even though it wouldn't be given the title documentary, don't. Do you feel that, I mean, it seems from the short time that I've known you that you give artists the same amount of attention, whether it's not a documentary, but you work with musicians and artists in ways that come to, you know, come to life as a video or you work on helping them with a production, um, touring, visual, live live performance something mm -hmm. it's not a documentary but it sounds every time you talk about artists you're working with and you sound so you're so enthusiastic and excited mm -hmm. it might be it's kind of the same thing right you're not documenting maybe the trajectory of the thing but you are sort of documenting what they're working on or passionate about in the moment well i think a lot of the videos i make are really simple and there's a couple of reasons um i grew up seeing a lot of theater my uncle was joseph papp 
who uh, the public theater was a theater, was a library he bought for a penny from the city. And he started, he renovated it into five theaters and he started Shakespeare in the Park. That was his, and he had, uh, you know, African-American Shakespeare company and they had Festival Latino every year. It was a month long festival with um, a music festival with artists from all over the Latin world. And he, um, you know, seeing all that, seeing in theater, I was very, much used to looking f straight in front of me and seeing performance in front of me. And you know, when you watch actors, you're, you know, you're really focused on their minutia of their performance. And when I film artists, um, you know, I'm also, I like to look at them and see how they perform as opposed to putting them in a weird science fiction trope with weird lighting and seeing only half of their body. You know, I, I like to really see the performers as you might see them on stage mm -hmm. and kind of puts them to the, not puts them to the test, but you know, in my videos you see full out, really, um, you know, charismatic and um, very honest performances. Mm. So, and I also love ballet. I studied ballet, and I studied a lot of different kinds of dance. Um, I studied at Ailey. I studied Cunningham um, uh, ballet. Some African some really weird Paula Abdul jazz. Oh my God, Paula Abdul. <laughs> but um, when I still go and see ballet, so the, um, you know, there's a lot of, there's something I like about it, a stark, a stark space with someone performing in it. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of a, a theme. And even when I, I, I now do creative direction for photography and my, the photos are really simple and stark. So. I like it, the word stark. Stark. I, um, didn't probably study dance as extensively as you, but I, I was like a young dancer. Started at four, stopped at 13. I started at 16, which is so okay. late. No, it's not. I, I, you know, you start at four and it's not serious, but then I got serious around eight. Um, but then I got too, uh, they didn't say it this directly, but basically I got too fat and they put me out of the super comp, super competitive company into the more recreational oh no so the way the, the two the two groups were super competitive and more recreational I mean, i'm i'm giving them that title a bit a bit um but you weren't you know, fat i wasn't i don't i don't remember feeling fat i don't remember oh. i do remember i remember not maybe being in the same kind of leotard as some of my peers but i didn't care i also didn't have that much of a love for dance that i thought i wanted to be like super professional about it but it was fun I did it for a long time and then I used to record like many a young not you know a young anybody interested in music videos I would record the dance sequence you know what I was addicted to recording in living color oh yeah the fly girl sure and memorizing them Josie Harris who was Janet Jackson's Josie news. was when she when I saw her in That's the Way Love Goes, I mm. mean she was my favorite yes. Janet Jackson dancer, Josie Harris, Jennifer Lopez, mm -hmm. Rosie Perez. I have a good Jennifer Lopez story too. Can you tell that one? You don't have to. I mean, I I love Jennifer and I've worked with her as a director a few times. She's amazing to shoot. This is a really bad story. <laughs> I love that you keep looking at Tom like he's gonna help you. <laughs> I have so many bad. This isn't this isn't bad. It's just kind of quirky and fun. So I was casting the video for Groove is in the Heart for Delight because um, before I started directing, I did a lot of casting and um, I also had a performance art group. So I had I was getting grants from 
the NEA and NISCA and performing at the kitchen and things like that. This is when I'm like 19. So I had to cast dancers. We really wanted vulgars and house dancers. And Jennifer came in and she came just before Fly Girl. She was a Fly Girl. So I'm sitting at the table and she comes in and she's very friendly. Her name is Jennifer and she has a headshot. And then I, you know, I just asked her to dance to the music and she did some Paul Abdul kind of dancing and she didn't get into the video. And I remember, so in the, in the context of what we were looking for, she was very like a cheesy Broadway dance steps dancer. But, you know, look who's, look who's paid now. <laughs> look who's sitting here with a Budweiser. Is that a mean story? What do you think? No, that? that's a complimentary story. But I mean, I'm sh- I shot her now as an adult. She's phenomenal to shoot. So brilliant. So strong. I'm very proud of her. I'm proud that she started auditioning for a video like that you know, a yeah. long time ago. On the six, remember when dancers wore knee pads? Do you remember when rappers wore goggles? Yes, <laughs> ski goggles. Ski goggles. Do you know that my partner and I recently bought our son ski goggles, not to go skiing, but because we're both from such we're from like the tundra. My partner and I like we know we are not afraid of the snow. We embrace it. We like to go do crazy things. It, like, we're not, we're, you know, basically when New York shuts down because there's three inches of snow, we scoff. You know, like, come on, guys. It's winter. So we got him some little ski goggles, and he actually got to wear them with that snowstorm we got a couple weeks ago. He was hesitant to put them on, but they're actually quite functional. Rappers just didn't, you know, they wore them in, like, St. Louis, Missouri. Like, it was just style. I mean, it was never functional. I don't understand why it was Goggles. a cool look. I do. It kind of came after polo, though. It was like it was like latched onto polo. But I remember very iconic looks. Like I remember Brandy with the outfit changes, where she had different color, the solid color, and the white bubble with the white tights, the white hat with the white goggles, mm. with the white tims, and then there was like but that's like a snow look. I know, but it was go- pretty hot. Rappers would wear goggles like with jeans or shorts sure. in like Jamaica Avenue. Well, you, we're not going to go through the whole biography and we're just going to chat about lots of things. Is anybody listening? Does anybody know how to, how to block someone from posting on my Wikipedia page? Can anybody send something in? Because this man, this obsessive music video fan who's a fascist, posts things on my page i've never written a thing from a page only this person has really and they post videos that i didn't even direct that are mortifying and then they post a few that i did direct that are mortifying and i've gotten in touch with him three times and asked him to please stop posting really because i want i'd like i'd like to have control over what you, you know, can what edit my story. you can edit i can't edit it somehow i'm locked out and he and he um he wrote me an email back saying, I'm sorry, you don't like it, but I have authority. Uh, the internet is a free space, and I have the authority to keep records on all music videos. <laughs> and then I wrote, I, call, I, wrote, I, mean, I wrote him again. I said, I'm a single mother, and like, I'm crying right now, and you're really hurting me. And this is like traumatizing. Can you please, please you know, get off my page and release the editing rights to the page? And he said, I'm sorry. What's more important is you know, freedom of speech on the internet. So I need someone to write in or call in if they know how to block or hack someone off I, the page. I love how we both said someone should call in as though we have any ability to to have 
<laughs> well, if there's a microphone, maybe we should we should make that a new thing, though, Dad. We should like make a call-in session. Well, maybe we have a, an account somewhere people can call in to. Or at that's least. not about it. Or like a number to leave a voicemail. Yeah, and we can play them. What? No, your number at home? <laughs> I'll give them your number. <laughs> that's what I'll play. I'll put it on your Wikipedia page. Nice. <laughs> call this number and leave a voicemail. Um, just for nostalgia, I want to play this for everyone to understand the Mona Lisa impact. Just for fun. This is my Mona Lisa song. Diane did not direct this video for the record. We're just playing it because I think it's awesome. Mona Lisa this song I can't even tell everybody here how often I played this song you know most people listening don't know what it's like to ha- make pause tapes um, they don't know what it's like to not have rewind ability so you have to flip the tape around and mm. fast forward the other way um, well you're assuming that, uh, that the age group of who's listening you don't know I'm also assuming accessibility I could have had a CD player but I didn't have one in my house they existed we just didn't have one I did inherit my older brother's tape player which only you know like I had to at the time you could still get everything that was on CD on tape yeah I had a lot of tapes yeah. well, it was nice to make your own tapes and write on them with a ballpoint yeah. pen and it was hard to write on the silvery sticker and also, if you made a really great mixtape, you could pop out the top square, right? which meant nobody could record over right. it. And then if you got a, a, a mixtape that someone made that you didn't like, you, you could, could put, put a piece tape of tape over it. What yes. decade is this? I love it. Yes. Um, we had to work. We didn't have to work to get mixtapes, listen to music. Listen to music. And remember, like, anyways, we don't have to go down that part in memory lane. Okay, one thing I like to ask guests on this show is, um, have you ever seen the movie Sliding Doors with Gwyneth Paltrow? So it's something I call your sliding door moment, where um, sometimes I think, like, you know, you have this moment in front of you, and if you chose door A your life would be completely different, but you chose door B, but it could have been super subtle. Mm-hmm. For example, do you, you know, I, what well, that's usually, a, that's with men. I have, oh. those things. <laughs> not, with, not with my career. That's a great answer. <laughs> I mean, I love the idea of not having a sliding door moment and you're doing exactly what you should be doing. But I, I do often think about what if I went really ham in music and like was as hungry in that field as I am in my current field would like, is there a reason I gave up or is there a reason I, but like, what if, so the, the sliding doors are really like the what if moment. And if you weren't being the creative genius you are right now and still actively working for the record. I mean, I've been, I've been wanting to be a director. I knew when I was 15, what I wanted to do. And I dropped out of Stuyvesant high school to um, pursue dancing in order to become a choreographer, because I knew if I was a choreographer, I'd be near directors at some point instead of going to film school. So I'm a very fortunate that I really knew at a very young age what I wanted to do, and I literally hustled, you know, from the age of 15, you know, to, to when I started making money in my, you know, my early 20s, and um, haven't stopped since. 
but in, in terms of you know my certain personal choices I've made, there's definitely been one. <laughs> door A and B, neither which should have been open, <laughs> even the, even a slit. <laughs> so what what I have a question that's so when did you start to become really interested in in art? Um, I became interested in art um, probably when I was still living in Toronto, and I was really interested I actually wanted to be a DOP really yes and to your point like knowing thinking I knew where I wanted to end up I really liked being behind the camera but Mm -hmm. um wanted to be like a beautiful cinematographer and studied I was studying anthropology and music and I also took photography courses some at another university at the same time to kind of cut you know cut my teeth on how to shoot with actual film develop I know how to like develop my own film Mm -hmm. I was like developing my own photos and then I really got into photography and thought maybe I wanted to do that and I but I ended up working very commercially like I was doing some um theater like theaters in Toronto like the bill like billboard shots and hired for some editorial things and you know people who wanted headshots and like just really commercial stuff and I remember the first time I got a billboard for a play in Toronto it was like I brought all my friends with a bottle of champagne on the corner so sweet um and then I moved to South America and a lot of things happened and then I went back to Toronto and decided I was going to write about art I mean, I'm I'm going I'm doing a yada yada yada. Mm. Moved to South America, yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. Opened mm-hmm. a few doors I shouldn't have even opened a slit. Um, and then went back to Toronto. I was like, oh, I think I can write. Like I'm, you know, I was writing about music, and then thought I wanted to write about art instead. And and now I'm here. Now I'm a director of a gallery. Really large lily pad jumps. Yes. Not as focused as you. No, no, but you were focused then. Yeah, I was. Fo- I mean, I was focused. Well, you were pro- focused the whole time because you're hyper intelligent, focused. I don't individual. know about that. I don't think you feel I do. focused all the time. I know about you, but um, that's amazing. Yeah, I don't think. I think if I wasn't doing what I'm doing now, I mean, I would want to be an A and R if that was like you said, if it was like the heyday of that or I want to be an award-winning DOP did you do you ever um, shoot photographs now no I had a, a collection of um, some 35 millimeter and DSLRs a collection I had about four mm-hmm. that I really loved to shoot with and when I moved to South America I sold most of my possessions to mm-hmm. fund my trip mm-hmm. except one camera and then when I moved to New York, I sold that camera to fund my trip to New York. You can borrow my camera. <laughs> you should still take pictures. Yeah. It's just a good release sometimes. Just to This podcast is my release. This pod, you know, it's not really about making you feel like you need to go down the deep end of the pool of your career. But this is my release. I can talk to people that I think are I- iconic. Not just you. I'm not just trying to make you feel like you're the one star I want to bring on. I really think that all my guests are like, I'm super interested in talking to them. Mm-hmm. And I guess talking about music or art mm-hmm. or food or Taryn <laughs> or whatever I want to talk about. And it's 
not scripted and I can drink wine and I can swear and make a playlist after for you, you get a mixtape. Nice. Um, but I haven't picked up a camera in a long time. I just shot my first roll of film with this camera I bought a year ago. And I'm being very sparse about what I, you know, what I want to shoot. Because I, you know, something like, I think because I use my iPhone so much. And mm. I do take kind of, yeah. and I also work with um, real photographer, photographers who have spent years, you know, developing their skills. And I kind of, um, I'm really into the idea of craft that's, you know, really been worked through, um, you know, technical and, and also emotional craft. Mm-hmm. So I don't really want to take photos. Like I wouldn't see having my taking my own photos when I creative direct. I always want to work with somebody. But I think it's because I work with DPs. So I like mm. to work with a still photographer. But I do want to shoot, you know, a role here and there when I go someplace that's strange or interesting, mm-hmm. and be very critical about what, how much I shoot. But I did get a few nice, nice photos out of the role. But you know, now that you're saying that I, shooting with iPhones, my partner cracks jokes all the time that we would never have memories if it was left to me to take a photo that's funny i don't i i don't think to take my phone out even even documenting the evolution and growth of my own child i bless you though (laughs) i i don't think about i don't think to do it and some children are documented more than they've they've lived they've got like three years of, of of video and they're only one it's true well, it's like going to concerts and no one's totally. looking at the no concert. Totally, no one's looking at the concert. No one is looking at the concert. A, B, they will never look at the footage of and the they, concert. And they're looking at the concert on their phone. Because right. they're right there, but they have to look at what they're filming. And my partner, t- to this point, he'll be upset that I'm saying this on this podcast probably. But he often will be doing something with our child. And he'll look at me and be like, very well, I'm mouthing. Can you take your phone out? And he'll like do this thing with his phone i'm like oh sorry i don't have it oh let me go get it he's like oh forget it like i've missed like i've missed the moment to capture i'm like i'm watching you know but like he wants to have the video of like like i i wasn't you know i wasn't like trying to capture first steps or first word i don't know my mind doesn't go to trying to document it the amount of photos people take in their daily daily lives is is ridiculous it's ridiculous yeah the concerts on the phone is crazy. All right. So now we're going to do a little psychological game where you need to answer as quickly as possible. Really innate and immediate reaction. Maybe you'll regret it after you say it, but that's okay. That's the point, right? I'm going to give you two options. You pick one as quick as possible. I would use a metronome just to like keep you on answer, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to be that cruel. You can snap. <laughs> I don't mind. No, it's okay. <laughs> I don't want to keep you on a timer. I'm going to, so here we go. We're going to start the psychological game. Ready? Yes. North Face or Nautica? North Face. Timberlands or Red Wings? Timberlands. Green hair or pink hair? Green hair. Black or white? Black. Hot or cold? Hot. 5 a.m. or 5 p.m.? 5 a.m. Sparkling or still? Still. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. And I actually just bought a 12 pack of Coke. <laughs> I've never, I haven't had a Coca Cola in like 20, millions of years. And yeah. I just decided to buy a 12 pack. Did you have one yet? I had two and they're really good. Do you put ice cubes in? Do you like pour I just, it into they're a glass just cold with ice cubes? and it, it's a shocking thing to drink. What a treat. 
yes, but I'm not going to drink anymore. It's two, is, two is too many. But come over because I have ten more. Left. I'll only come over if I can stay in the wrapper room. You, there's no more wrapper room. Okay, please <laughs> go back. Okay. More, I want more. Okay. These questions aren't really good enough. Oh shit. Well, shit. can you make them a little harder or a little more? Yes. A little deeper. I can try. Is that okay? Did I hurt your feelings? No, you didn't. I think I was trying to... Hot or cold? Yeah, well, you know, I didn't want to put you on a spot that made you feel like you had to overthink anything. I've had a Budweiser. Oh, shit. (laughs) All right. Pharrell or Timberland? (laughs) Both. No, that's not the game. Pharrell. You can't think about feelings or history. It doesn't Pharrell, matter. Pharrell, 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 and Timberland. No, that's, that's it. She said Pharrell. Drake or Kanye? Kanye. Oh, fuck. Um, yay. Yay. G. G-us. Did you see the documentary? No, is it great? Oh, my God. It's so good. I, I have a bootleg link if you want it. I want it. It's so fucking I good. It. It's so fucking good. I got so emotional watching it. Um, because for anybody who's followed, now I'm going to go down a Kanye hole. Well, we both are obs- love we're, Kanye. We're, we love Kanye. We love him we love with Kanye all our here. hearts and souls. This podcast is for people who love Kanye, who hate Kanye, and who love to hate Kanye. This is like no, a this, Kanye this, my, podcast. My, ber- my, my time on this podcast is for people who love and adore Kanye. Well, I, I have so much respect for Kanye um, and... The documentary was like for really super fans an emotional roller coaster and also an exciting window into this time in his life that for most of us, including like me, mm-hmm. I was only aware of him from, you know, liner notes. Like I knew of Kanye as a producer. Mm-hmm. And to see him for this was the first time I'd seen any footage of him that age mm-hmm. producing and still in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And like no IDs fucking there on camera. And I'm like no idea he's a real person you know Kanye's there he moves to New York he's in his apartment turned studio he goes to Rockefeller he goes to the Def Jam he goes to the labels he's walking around with his like pause tape basically and I'm saying pause tape it's not but his like album shopping it around people mm-hmm. giving him the cold shoulder it's like 19 it was it was mind-blowing for somebody who's been a super fan to watch to see his first album being made for him to make Jesus Walks mm-hmm. Um, there were so many, I, I feel like I'm doing spoilers here. I won't spoil, I won't say too much, but it was so, so good. Mm-hmm. I was watching it with some friends, somebody who was reviewing it for a magazine and invited me over for a screener and I kept, I kept making them pause it so I could just like, of course I had like a bottle of wine, but then I was like, okay, okay. First of all, <laughs> this nigga was following him around Chicago the whole time claiming that he was coming in here for him and Kanye did this for him and he pulled over and like this beef was not the beef that I heard about on the radio and Kanye didn't react like I was spiraling I was spiraling in a way that was really it made me feel warm to like remember this that I knew that much about Kanye for so long it was great and it also made me a little upset that I had to have to wait for part two and three how long do you have to wait I don't know I'm doing I'm Pusha T's creative director which is a joyful thing in my life and I'm about to work with Kanye and I'm very excited because he's my he's my favorite get him on the podcast I'll see (laughs) if if this is the luxury luxury afforded to the guests 
Budweiser. <laughs> Let's get Nori in here. Okay. Do you want to hear a funny story about? I have a funny story for you about Nori. Okay. It's not a personal story. I don't. I've never met him. Although Rico Nasty is his daughter. Mm. I don't know if I'm spreading lies, but I've been told that, and she tries to keep it a secret. Strange. Yeah. Um, for anyone listening, call in if you know any different. <laughs> Rico, I, the, also interesting, the last concert I saw live was Rico Nasty at SOBs before the pandemic. Mm. Um, Nori story. So when I was trying to work in music, I would get test pressing white labels and I would also get those like album sample tapes where you just get the first, you know, minute of each song is you don't get the full mm. album. And I got the Nori one and one of my girlfriends had a sidekick and we thought we were so fucking cool with the roof off and the doors off driving downtown Toronto, blaring Nori, but we'd have to rewind it every like 55 (laughs) seconds. (laughs) It was not even the full song. That's amazing. And we're like, go down. There's like the strip, you know, like it was like caravan time. You're like going down the strip. It's like, okay. And then we'd have to like rewind the song. (laughs) If any of my homegirls are listening, it's embarrassing. You should have started honking the horn while you were rewinding to make it. Yeah, to make it. Or we also did that with him. I remember Missy's first album. I had the sample tape. Missy. Um, The amazing Missy. If you could, you know, here if I would, if you want to bring Kanye by, that would be fine. I'll take some photos and see what he thinks. Uh, let's have a poll. People call in and let us know um, whether you would really like Kanye to come in, or whether you would, you know, prefer just to hear Ebony mostly talk about music. People really just call. People listen for my guests. Listen, I have anyone who is being invited to be a guest on this pod. You have a tall list to stand to i'm so excited like look at this guest that i have talking to diane martell i don't care how fucking uncomfortable you are when i say that okay you followed me on instagram and it changed i i when diane martell followed me on instagram i screen grabbed the follow circled it and sent it to my closest homies shout out nikita gale they are the current show at 52 walker Mm. and also started in music before worked in atlanta for many years and I didn't, you know, just to your, I told you, like, I didn't have to say anything. I just sent the image with the circle of Diane Martell. Nikita was like, shut the fuck up. So I'm like, sweet. yo, I don't know. Sarah Magenheimer, another homie, shout out Sarah's crew, part of the Terran crew also, sent it to Sarah. She was like, shut the fuck, shut the fuck up. That's not Diane Martell. I was like, yes, it is. It's Diane Martell. <laughs> Posted so on kind. Instagram. I was like, I can't be on Instagram anymore. I don't it's know so what kind. else I'm doing. So, And then I followed Ebony. Well, I had to follow her first, but then I started listening and reading and poking around. And I felt inferior to Ebony. Possible. She's a brilliant, brilliant woman. You know, and I, plus has the best son, the most focused child I've ever seen in my life. He's pretty cute. He's incredibly cute. Diane, he, li- he likes to read. He likes to read. Diane also has the privilege of being in my close friends. Sorry, everyone listening who's not. It's a very close-knit group of people. Tom, I don't think you even follow me, so you don't count. <laughs> it's okay. Tom's like, I don't have Instagram. Do you have? Do you not have Instagram? Good for you, Tom. Well, on that note, how does this feel? Painless? 
fine. It's fine. It's fine. Is there yeah, anything I else? I can't you? see anything, so I'm fine. Oh, good. Yeah. You can't see anything. Well, you I'm can't very, hear? I don't have my glasses on, so every, you're very out of focus. And you can't hear yourself. And I can't hear myself. And I'm managing to maintain this tone. Do you hear it? Yeah, it's very calm. Yeah. Maybe we should do that for all of our guests. Give them an Ativan and a Budweiser? Yeah. <laughs> Ativan, Budweiser, take off your glasses. And take off your headphones. And take off your headphones, and I'll pop in the all-white contact. Nice. Can you believe I bought that contact? I think it's amazing. I mean, I had, Do you remember, I, like, I had fan behavior like that when I was younger, I think. I feel like your, your, your biography, if you could dismiss the NDAs, I mean, I can't even imagine what was happening I have in those so, I know rooms. so many foul things <laughs> and have so many foul stories. That's amazing. It's amazing, yeah. <laughs> Diane is smiling from ear to ear right now for everyone. Some listening. of them are about me, but uh, no, there. I, I, yeah, I've seen a lot of things, all kinds of things. I've I mean, the music business has things. some very yucky, awful, evil people in it, especially in the '90s yeah. record companies. Yeah, but that's what I mean. I'm not again. I'm taking a moment to be a fan girl, but I think women in that industry were also very silenced and not given a space for so long so it really resonated with any any girl to see someone like you doing it so Mm -hmm. i'm not saying the work you did then was the epitome of your craft but it marked a moment for people that i know too to like see it happening it was i mean it was you know busting down doors and maybe you didn't feel maybe you didn't feel that but no i mean it was it was difficult to um you know, it was around. It was a complete masculine I mean, society. One of your, your your first one of your first hip hop videos was fucking Onyx. Like, well, they, first of all, let's just get this straight. In my house dance documentary, <sighs> who is in it but Sticky Fingers and Fredro Star with curly hair, pierced ears, flowered shirts, and pastel colored baggy pants, house dancing. And a year later. <laughs> They were tearing things up. They were back to fuck up. Eh? Yeah, well, that was Jam Master Jay's um, band. The lovely Jay. He was a lovely person. God rest his soul. But look at that story. I mean, hmm? I mean, I'm just saying. Listen, I'm gonna stop. Fan- I'm just gonna stop fanning. I no, think it's you're fine. Great. I think it's you know, for me, this is a moment of whatever. It's my fucking podcast, and I'm talking to one of my idols. So I'm just gonna make it. What I'm, I I'm, pr- I'm very humbled and I also was very privileged to be able to be a woman in that field when maybe there should have been a woman of color in that field at that I time. I mean there should always be a woman of color but f- you know there's still not enough women or women of color in a lot of fields mm-hmm. and I think that I, I think that I won't, I won't speak for every woman of color but for me at the time and how important music was for me, mm-hmm. it made a huge impact. I wanted to go into A&R because I saw that your name was on MTV. Mm. Like that was the first time I saw a woman. Be- I was like, oh shit, I can do that. That's like, really that's nice. It's really truth. nice to hear. Yeah, yeah no, I, it's the I truth. Know. So Diane Martell's on my podcast. Oh, I'm, t- I'm on a podcast. I'm allowed to be fangirling, y'all. I don't give a fuck I'm who's a listening. I'm a fangirl back. How about, your, like, how about your, your wild genius gallery and your, your uh, brain blah, blah. and your... It's boring. You know what's fun? This. This is also a video that Diane did. Yeah! Get the fuck out of here. 
Brooklyn Zoo, stand up, New York. Drown. Come on. This the ODB, kid. Guys, come on. Get the fuck off of this podcast if you don't want to hear me fucking rap to the old dirty bastard. This go, is major. Go, He was so lovely. This was so major. Yeah, we had Do you guys realize Diane Martell directed that video? So I have a, a really loved ODB, and he was always very, very sweet to me. And he had a wild imagination, and um, he was very loving. I definitely lay blame on the record companies that you know would um, be so excited to have him go off and be crazy and be a maniac and you know uh, parade around. You know, in a state of you know deep uh, unwellness, mental mental distress, and um, you know all of the people, the labels had therapists, you know, marriage counselors. They knew about mental health, but they would never, you know, uh, never try to really bring him or any artist like him into a therapeutic situation. And um, you know, in, in his case, you know, he ended up dying. And uh, you know, while other people are still living, whether mm -hmm. they're divorced or not, now. Mm -hmm living you know really well and uh you know have dealt with their mental health mm -hmm. so there is something really evil about that especially you know in the 90s because they also wouldn't really teach the artists about money management uh, or even explain the way the record deals were structured and artists and there a lot of people had new new managers managers that there are friends you know friends of theirs or family members because they didn't really know to trust other kinds of managers. So uh, they were really kept in the dark, you know, when it came to their their um, their budgets and how much money they were spending on their projects unknowingly. So there's a lot of, there's a, like, a very dark, dark side to, um, to the, you know, to the, to the image making and then the caretaking and the, you know, the promotion of bad behavior, mm -hmm. you know, especially yeah, in the, in the 90s. the bad behavior, that's a dark path. Very much. What was I just gonna say? We we're talking about ODB. Oh, Wu Tang. Look, yes. I was gonna say that. I'm moving it to a lighter note and lighter memory, but um, I do live in a neighborhood with a giant ODB mural painted in Bedstuy. And this is what I was gonna say. If anyone listening tries to steal this idea or successfully steals it, at least give me credit in the liner notes because it's a pretty good fucking idea. I just couldn't get my shit together to s get it off the ground. A bike, a Wu-Tang bike tour that would take you all the way to Staten Island. I'd bring you by where everybody in the crew was raised. Mm -hmm. We'd hit some like their family home landmarks, mm -hmm. the deli landmarks of the hangouts on the corners Go up into Williamsburg. Like, Jizza was raised in Williamsburg, I think. If anyone listening knows better, don't <laughs> judge me. But, you know, I think, like, we would take the ferry to Staten Island, go around that mm -hmm. hood where everyone hung out, go back into Brooklyn. And I would have a headset on where I could talk to everyone on the bikes behind me and they could hear me point out Wu-Tang references. Wu-Tang bike tour. Trademark. What do you think, Diana? <laughs> 
she's skeptical everyone i mean so i would i every- would drive i would drive <laughs> i would like a, a wu-tang driving tour I would like that. Wu Tang bus tour. That's no, done, no. You know? I mean the, the bike. I ha- do you have enough to say for bike ride for whole? That's like three no, hour well, bike we ride. No, well we could we could put in some tracks in there. That would know? be good. Music while you're biking, and then I can chime in to your left. You know what would be really good is a- as we're driving in a big clump of people. If you can get one of the members to kind of from the left to, to join in at the front of the bike. Group that would be that's bike cluster. You know that hip hop bus tour in New York. Has anybody ever been on it? It was a hip hop bus tour. Um, cool Herc was like the owner of it, mm. and it wasn't guaranteed. I think it must still be happening, and it goes around Harlem and the Bronx, and it's not guaranteed. But every once in a while, they have an actual rapper who was born and raised in that hood come on the bus. My ex partner went on one of those bus tours for his brother's bachelor party nobody came on but cool herc was around anyways so someone stole my idea in the past yeah someone you you just repeated <laughs> someone stole your idea in the past that didn't know you had the idea exactly um but yeah wu-tang bike tour i like that i do too what do you think of the wu-tang show on hulu i haven't watched it I saw somebody watching it on a plane recently when I went to LA and it looked pretty good. Um, she was she was emotional about it. And then I was checking out her outfit. She looked like she knew what was up. <laughs> I was like, oh, this girl knows hip hop or something. <laughs> no, I haven't watched it. Have you watched it? A little bit. I think there's some nice nice things about it, but I, they everything is shot too wide. They always have like I don't like the the young wide shots. True artist can't mm. see anything but the things. They but the, yeah, there's different. some there's some good characters. Raekwon is good and ODB is good, and then Riz is not really quite on. Is you got in it? You got's never. never I have gets a story shined. about you got, but I can't tell it. I I used to always give shine to you got. <laughs> Stop! <laughs> Are you joking? No, I know my friend knows. Fuck off. Really? Yeah. Well, not maybe not this, but you know. Because you're going, you're like this. That's <laughs> well, I mean, this means, you know, yeah, yeah, that. I understand. <laughs> Doesn't everyone listening wish they knew what we were doing? You got in, Cap, remember Capadonna? Yeah, Cap, I did a video for Capadonna. Um, listen, here's where I'm at right now with videos. I'm hesitant to pull up videos that I want to reference because I don't want to insult you or make you feel uncomfortable talking about them. So I won't pull any more up. But yes, I want. I know you did a video for Capadonna. Um, At Coney Island. Capadonna and Ugod are two Wu-Tang members who I often... This is no shade. It's going to sound shady, but really it's love. I just feel like never got enough shine. And so I would I would be like the advocate in the like weed circle of the evening i'll be like yo capadonna's lyrics are fire though because everybody wants to talk about raekwon and ghostface i'm like capadonna and ice cream this is the best capadonna <laughs> lyrics are fire but I, are fire. I, I'm, I'm, and you got is barely featured you got has a great legendary feature in ghostface tony what is it the name of the song tony Mitchell. do you know lyrics by heart oh for some songs, yeah. Can you can you can you perform you got 
Not without the song playing. Can we play the song and you perform it? Um, yes. You don't have to. I mean, it's, maybe we can do that after this. That sounds like a plan. Every, we'll put someone phone, everyone, who wants to phone in? <laughs> you know, in Toronto, we had an amazing, um, party that was hip hop karaoke. Mm. Shout out abs, abdominal. Um, who hosted it and um, DJ Phase, and it ran for many years. And so there was no like screen with lyrics and no binder. But <clears throat> Phase was the DJ and Abs was the host. And Abs was like this legendary, knew every lyric to every song. Mm. And so you would ask for the instrumental of a song to go up. And my hip hop karaoke fame, Mob Deep Drink Away the Pain. I nice. Sing every lyric of that song without the music playing and i can do that for a lot of songs but that was sort of like the non poppy one that was impressive i worked with them a few times they're also lovely sweethearts you worked with them for i did keep it thorough keep it thorough and then they were in the roof mariah carey video the roof and then the song getaway oh yeah i gotta get away from these streets, uh, I'm not good at remembering lyrics. But there were so. Th- oh yeah, yeah, yeah. there's another one too. I did a fourth one. I can't remember right now. This is. If you guys don't know this song, stop listening to this podcast. Here it comes. Hey yo, I break bread, ribs, hundred dollar bills, pill on the Come on. You know, one of my favorite. Um, anyone listening, one of the best reads for people who, even if you think you don't like to read books, Prodigy's autobiography. It's so good. I actually was recommended that book by Ned Vanna. Shout out Ned. Um, who's an artist and I've recommended it since to so many friends who love music and love Mob Deep and Prodigy in this like time of hip hop. It's such a great read. All right really good i'll say i'll just send it to you okay it'll be my it'll be your gift for coming on the podcast thank you you'll be the first guest to get a gift because nobody nice. else has i get to get i'll get you a gift for having me okay i'll take it let's talk about since we've i've done a deep dive actually into 90s early aughts very specific style of music that was Highly and heavily influential on me. But as I mentioned earlier, I'm not trying to focus on just the past because Diane is actively working creatively all the time on some things that I actually know insider information about and can't. I haven't signed an NDA, but I'm just going to pretend that I have all of the secrets. But one of the videos before the one I'm pretending I know more about than you listening um, was a really cool direct like video you directed for snoop Mm -hmm. with fabulous and dave east and interesting anecdote for everyone listening here too i gave a story about how diane blew my mind and followed me on instagram but then reached out to me for just to not really for anything but to share your ideas on this video treatment that i thought was really fucking cool and involved painting by black painters and I mean, it was interesting because it was called Make a Lot of Money and it was not trying to be like looking like it was about lots of money, you know, but 
this precious moment or um, new context for painting. And well, I, it was a little bit, I think, okay, I'm not, I'm going to mumble. The idea was to take the um, lyric, make a lot of money and, and apply it to spending money on black art and not on cars and jewels. And it was this song. You guys you should listen. Do, Search it. What all the strippers saying? What all my niggas saying? Say that. Um, for anyone going to watch this video, unless you probably already have, everything in this video, the like art direction, hair, wardrobe, text, like the, the fucking font selection. What's up, Fab? Um, so basically I needed help. I had a, a one friend who knew quite a bunch of painters, and I, I loved Henry Taylor. I was having a Henry Taylor obsession, and I knew to call Ebony to see if she could suggest different painters that might be interested in this, and she did. And we got What's up, Dev? Time. I'll see you next week. Uh, Will Villalongo, Devin, Troy Strother, a.k.a. Dev, Jonathan Linden Chase, Cheyenne Julian, Bree Brooks, um... Marcus Jamal, Lamar Peterson, Mark, Mark Thomas Gibson, Ezekiel Muhammad. I feel really, it's so crazy. I don't know how, do you ever feel in a moment of your career where you're surprised that you know these musicians that you've worked with? I mean, you've probably gone through that at nauseum. Did like, oh, I know Wu-Tang Clan members. Oh, I had Keith Murray in my... Like, yeah, do, no, do you mean, ever, like, I'm, step I'm very, back and very reflect? lucky to know them. Yeah, I feel like it, it's like... Because I'm, I'm just saying that as a reference of, like, I'm... You know all these painters. Yeah, but I... You don't think about a place in your life where that will feel normal because when I started in art galleries, I had really no art experience at all. Mm. I'd never studied art history. And people talked about painting all the time as such a precious thing. I actually have a notebook from when I was an intern that has names of artists and galleries where people would walk in and ask me things. So I sat at the front desk and I didn't know and I would write it down and go and look it up later. And it was often painting. And then I kind of shied away from painting because I felt like I didn't know enough about it to talk about it because it's such a precious thing in the art world. And now I'm like, yeah, I know Will. I know Dev. I know Cheyenne. So nice. It's, w it's crazy to beautiful. realize it's it is beautiful. beautiful. It's beautiful to also realize like I, like they're, it's they're just like normal interesting smart people see i i fan out on these on painters and i fan out on music directors painters <laughs> painters are better pretty good i mean the hair and wardrobe in here also with the paintings everyone should watch this video for real well you have to watch it on my website because then it won't have any product placement because right now the one that's on youtube has aggravating beats product placement and some weird liquor placement really well oftentimes when you make a music video the past 10 years um, the record companies offset the price of the video by making you shoot liquor or weird oh, mini coopers we had a mini cooper run over at interscope different kinds of products that give money toward the budget so right. there there's some there's some stuff in in the one edit and the edit online on uh 
YouTube, but my edit has none of that. It's nicer. Well, you heard it here from the actual director. You have. Go to Diane Martell's website to watch all of the videos. Diane-Martell.com. Because Diane Martell is a porn star. No, is a (laughs) healer in Canada. Really? Yes. Do you know that there are 33 other Ebony Haineses in the United States of America, at least just on Facebook, who spell it the exact same way? And one of them works in a museum. What does she do? Um, I'm not sure. It's in Minneapolis. But I've added the L to my name 10 years ago officially. Interesting note, 52 Walker. I have my Instagram is 52 Walker Gallery. There is a woman who owns 52 Walker in the world who didn't reply to our DMs to try and purchase just 52 Walker Instagram. She didn't reply. She didn't reply. Where, who, where is she? I don't remember. Love you, whoever you are. It's all good. <laughs> she has like 19 followers and has pictures of family. Like She probably never uses Instagram. It's fine. It's just part of the archive. You didn't, you didn't mail her a letter? No, I didn't mail her a letter. You know, I think, you know, I have to say, I'm really, this year I'm going to try to mail letters. That's nice. It is nice. One of letters. My, one of my best relationships was forged around pen palling with like handwritten letters. That's so nice. Would you write me a letter? Yes. Okay. Do you have any stamps? Yes. You do? I, listen, 52 Walker is forged, um, with the inspiration of like office aesthetics. So I have, I have actual ink stamps. Mm. I have a mail machine that you run it through and do the price stamps. I have an intercom machine where I can just push a button and talk to my assistant who's downstairs. Um, we got library cards. We got bookmarks. So nice. We have typewriters. We have a typewriter downstairs. I'm not joking. That's good. Um, if if I want to write you a letter, so can I write it and go to your office and get the stamp machine to stamp sure. it and then mail it? Then bring it home with you and, mail and put it. it in the mailbox. Yeah, no problem. That's good. I'll pay for my own letter to be mailed to me. I'll pay you for the stamp. <laughs> you pay me the 33 cents or whatever it is. You'll just have to much. wait to read it until I send it in the mail. No problem. Well, I won't take more of your time. I could probably talk to you for two more hours, but um, we'll keep that off the record. Thank you for coming. You're very welcome. It's I really very, appreciate very nice it. Nice to be here. Was it was it easy? It was chill. It was fun and nice. Fun and nice. Um, I'm going to try and keep. Can we just always talk like this to each other? Yes. As if we're performing a little bit. In I our mean, friendship, can we just keep this? Don't we kind of talk like this to each other? No, not no, really. Not really. No, we should just not let this up. All right. Okay. Do we have to? Do, should we have this like? tone all the time do you want to pretend that there's a microphone in yeah i think or maybe we should get microphones and headsets and little little auxiliary speakers little little um portable speakers bluetooth speakers bluetooth speakers yes it's blue cheese baby umcs that's where we got the title from diane oh really nice thanks everyone also shout out sebastian i never shout him out on this pod but he designed the pod logo, and this is just based on the record label. You can do some Googling. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Diane. You're welcome. Bye. Bye.